0: You know that feeling when you put on an old pair of jeans because we've been home all day because of this coronavirus pandemic. None of us have been putting any real pants on. We've all been wearing sweatpants. And you find an old $20 bill just sitting in the jeans. You pull it out and you're like, oh, my God, you don't bless me today. I'm going to buy a nice little box of food. I'm going to hit up Zaxby's. That's my favorite restaurant, by the way. I'm going to hit up Longhorns. I'm going to go all these places because I found this $20 bill. Now, what if you could have that feeling every month, every quarter, every six months, or every year, where you pick up your phone and you just get a random notification that's like, you just got paid some money. Or you see an email pop through and it's like, oh, because you own this, you just got paid some money. This is what we like to call dividends. This is where you get paid by companies just because you own their shares. It's basically the company saying thank you for being an investor in our business. But in this video, we're not going to talk about specific companies that pay good dividends. In this video, we're going to focus on five ETFs that I really love that pay pretty good dividends. The reason why I'm doing ETFs is for a lot of us when it comes to investing, we don't have the time to go through and find single companies to invest in. Rather, we can diversify ourselves and reduce our risk by investing in etfs which are baskets of stocks so let's get this show started and start talking about some of these nice paying etfs all right let's go what's going on people it's your boy Kalechi back with another video if this is your first time around these parts hit that subscribe button if you enjoy anything that we're talking about on this video hit that like button turn that Thing? Say with me now. Uh, blue. Ah, yeah, we got the lights and changed the right color and all that good stuff. But anyway, this video, we're just going to be talking about what you need to be looking for when you're looking for ETFs that have good dividends to pay out. And I'm actually going to talk about five that I really, really like, but all five of them have to meet certain criterias. I have three specific criterias that every single one of these ETFs have to hit. Number one. They have to be passively managed with low turnover ratio. A lot of ETFs and a lot of mutual funds are actively managed, which increases something we'll talk about in a little bit, fees. And also they're always buying and selling stocks. I don't want that. I just want something that's going to be passive, something that I can expect a return on, something that I can know what's going to be coming with it, even though with investing, you can never truly know all the time, but something that I can at least trust to a degree to know what's going to be in there this year and then what's going to be in there next year. I don't need to be keeping up with it. I don't need us to always be trying to figure out, oh, what's in this stock? What's in this ETF? Is it still the same? No, 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 no. Every single one of these ETFs that I'm going to mention are going to be passively managed. Number two, which from the last one, I mentioned it is low fees. Low fees, like low fees are so important. This is something that most of us don't think about because when they say, oh, it's a fee of like 0.1% or it's a fee of like 1%, it doesn't seem that high. Well, check this out. Let me let me just share my screen with y'all real quick and show you guys this. Just by having a little bit of higher fees, it can cost you hundreds of thousands of dollars. Check this out. So this is from the investor.gov. By the way, go check out investor.gov. They got a lot of good stuff on their site. But I was reading through articles and I found this and I was like, I gotta share this with everybody. But basically, if you invested $100,000 over 20 years and you had, you are paying fees of 0.25%, you would have had a return of up to $210,000. That's not bad. That's not bad. And that's just with a 4% return over 20, 20 years. Not bad at all. Now, if you had your fees go from 0.25 to 0.5%, It jumps all the way down to where you're only getting $200,000. That's $10,000 that just cost you from fees that was just 0.5% or just 0.25 higher. Now, now think about if those fees went all the way to 1%, how much you think that's going to cost you? $30,000. $30,000. It just cost yourself $30,000 all the way from $210,000 to 180. So fees are massive. You have to pay attention to fees. Don't just take it for granted. Don't just be like, oh, it doesn't seem that high. That's how they get you. They're like, oh, we only take a 1% fee. That's a lot. That's a lot over the grand scheme of, of when you're investing because compound interest ain't no joke, baby. Compound interest ain't no joke. That thing compounds and they make their money and cost yourself a whole lot of money. So pay attention to the fees. So none of the ETFs that I'm going to have on this list is going to have a fee higher than 0.1% because for me, that's where I like it to be. low. In fact, I prefer for my fees to be even up to lower than 0.05% most of the time, but some of these are not up to that point. So 0.1% is the highest that I'll ever allow any of my ETFs to have. And then finally, the last thing is, I want dividends, but I don't want it to come at the cost of growth. Part of that is I know most of the people that watch my channel are between the ages of 25 to 35. Those That's the age range that I'm seeing from the demographics of my channel, which means we are still working. We're still gonna be working for a while. We're not trying to live off of our dividends just yet, so we still need the appreciation of the asset as well. And so I want dividends, yes, but I also don't want it to come at the cost of growth. And so that's the last criteria that I always check every single ETF or every single stock that I'm investing into to make sure that it's still growing even though it's a dividend paying stock like Microsoft, like Apple. Those are dividend paying stocks, but they're still growing. All right, cool. So let's get right down into the list with number one. So the first one that we have on the list today, the first stock that we have on the list is SCHD. SCHD is Schwab U.S. Dividend Equity ETF. This is that it tracks a market cap weighted index of 100 dividend paying U.S. equities stock. The way it's done is SCHG is a market weighted fund that whose selection universe only includes firms with a 10 year history of paying dividends. So in other words, these companies have good dividend track paying record within that universe. SCHG uses fundamental screens, cash flow to debt ratio, return on equity, dividend yield and dividend growth rate to build its portfolio. This approach gives the fund a modest large cap tilt and creates sectors biases towards industrials, consumer stocks, and away from financials, which while it excludes REITs, if you don't know what REITs are, REITs are real estate investment trusts. So anyway, let's just look through some of the things that I love about this, this ETF. The first thing is its expense ratio is just 0.06%. I love it. 0.06. Oh! It's so cheap. I love this thing. It's 0.06%, and its dividend yield for the past 12 months has been 2.82%. Now, I know a lot of people are going to be like, 2.8%? Dog, 2.8%? We're trying to get 4% in this one. Don't worry. I got one for you. If you're looking for that 4%, I got one for you. But The reason why I love this one is that it still has a lot of growth. If we compare this one to VOO, which is the S&P 500, We'll see that it's actually outperforming the S&P 500. Throughout the pandemic, it went toe to toe for toe with the S&P 500 and actually is outperforming it right now. Part of the reason why it's outperforming the S&P 500 is the companies that it has in it. It has Exxon in it. As much as I don't like it, it has Altria in it, but it has other companies like Coca Cola. And then it has, like I said earlier, it has Financials in it, which are some of the best paying, uh, dividend paying companies in the market. It has companies like BlackRock. If you don't know what BlackRock is, BlackRock is the largest investing bank in the world. It has most of the investment assets. If you're, if you have a 401k at work, you're probably invested in BlackRock. Then of course it has Coca-Cola, which is a dividend king. It's been paying dividends for over 50 years. It also has Pepsi. It's got Pfizer. It's got a bunch of different companies that I really like in there. And that way it still has room for growth. A lot of the companies in here have room for growth. Like for example, Pfizer is a company that has room for growth. We can, we look at companies like Discover is still a very small financial services company, but has room for growth. It also has companies like IBM, which IBM may be on that teeter totter, but IBM is still growing slowly, but it's still growing for sure. So I definitely love this ETF. This is literally one of my Largest holdings in my personal accounts in uh, in Robinhood I actually have like over close to $1,500 invested in this ETF Which by the way subscribe because we're gonna be doing a portfolio reveal to show some of the moves that I've been making in my portfolio So if you want to check that out and see some of the things that I've been investing in hit that subscribe button Alright cool. The second ETF that I really love is DGRO. This is the iShares core dividend growth ETF. DGRO tracks an index of U.S. stocks that are selected by dividends, dividend growth, and payout ratio, then weighted by dividend dollars. DGRO offers a straightforward execution of a dividend growth strategy. The fund aims to find stocks that pay steadily increasing dividends by requiring a five-year track record of increasing dividends while ensuring that the, fems, the firms pays out no more than 75% of their earnings. This is something that's very important. For me, whenever I'm looking at a company, if I was looking at individual stocks, I'm making sure that the company doesn't pay more than 50% of their profits out as dividends. It's very important to me, except I make some, some specific exceptions to that rule with companies like Pepsi and Coca-Cola. But anyway... Uh Both factors in tandem aim for sustainable growth. While mild sector bets abo- abound, overall, the fund looks pretty mark- market-like. So this is cool. If you compare DGRO to, again, we're going to look at, we're going to compare everything to the standard benchmark, which is S&P 500. If you compare it, it's not that bad in performance. I mean, it's right now it's 55% to DGRO to 61% in VOO. So it's not that bad. You're not losing too much growth when compared to the S&P 500. And you're making up for that growth with the dividend. The cool thing is it has an expense ratio of 0.08. I love that thing, 0.08. Remember when I said BlackRock, they basically own everything iShares is owned by BlackRock. Point zero eight, love it. So if we look at the companies that are in here, I love the companies that are in here. It's got my Apple. Love Apple. It's got Intel. It's got Home Depot. It's got Bank of America. It's got my favorite company in the world to invest in at least. Microsoft. Sorry, Pastor Roy. I know you don't. You you got something going on with Microsoft, but you know Microsoft is still like my number one company to invest in. But it's got Microsoft. It's got J.P. Morgan. It's got Procter and Gamble. Just looking at the top ten companies is very nice. And then if you start going deeper into it, it's got Pepsi. It's got Citigroup. It's got a lot of financials in there. It's got McDonald's, which is a dividend king as well. It's got 3M. In other words, it's well diversified. It's got Duke Energy. It's got a lot of different dividend WalMarts up in here. The point is, this has. I believe it has uh, 80 companies or so total in the fund. Let's make sure it's got 393. I was wrong. The other one had a hundred 393 companies and it is nice. It is something that you can just dollar cost average into every month where you just put in money into it and you don't even have to think about it. This is the beautiful thing about using ETFs. You don't have to track the market. You don't have to pay attention to what's going on in the market. You just keep on investing and you're good and you're good. All right. So that was dividend number two, dividend ETF number two. Dividend ETF number three, S-P-Y-D. This is the Spider Portfolio S&P 500 High Dividend ETF. This is one that you will see a lot on a lot of different YouTube videos whenever you search for like high dividend paying ETFs. You usually will find this one on that list. It has an expense ratio of 0.07%. They say that it tracks the 80 80- 80 highest yielding stocks selected from the S&P 500 stocks are equally weighted so it's very 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 concentrated unlike the other ones we had 100 and then we had 393 I think it was for DGRO and now we're going all the way down to 80 so it's very very concentrated as a matter of fact right now it only has 78 companies in it and we already talked about the fact that its expense ratio is 0.07 percent so low I love it And then when you compare this one, if we compare this one to VOO again, just to see if we're losing any growth portion, it's not. As a matter of fact, it was losing during the pandemic, but it's recovering right back up. It's coming right back up. So if we look at some of the companies that it has, the only one that I recognize is HP and Exxon. Those are the two companies that I recognize on the list. There's a few other companies like banks in here. It has some smaller banks in here, but it's a very concentrated SPG. Which is a REIT, but it's a very concentrated portfolio. I won't say that I love this one the most, but it's on the list. If you really want high dividend turn payout. So that's the other thing I forgot to show. This one has a dividend yield of 4.15%. So it has a high dividend yield, but eh, I, it kind of lives a lot to be, to be desired in this one, in my personal opinion. opinion. Moving on to the fourth dividend paying ETF. VYM. I know a lot of y'all who know a lot about the stock market were like, when is VYM going to show up? When is that Vanguard high dividend yield ETF going to show up? Well, calm down. I got it for you right here. It says VYM tracks the F, FTSE. I don't even know what that is. High dividend yield index. The index selects high dividend paying U.S. companies excluding REITs and weights them by market cap. So if we look at what is the expense ratio again, like I said, nothing above it has 0.06% expense ratio that is lovely to see but if you look at the return and we compare it to against the against VOO we'll see it's pretty close you're not losing too much as far as returns it's kind of in line with what DGRO was so you don't lose too much in returns, you make it up with the dividends a little bit. You make it up with the dividends. So that's something to also keep in mind. Now, as far as the dividend payout ratio, or rather the dividend yield, it is point, it is two point three two percent, which is not too bad. It's about in line with what we had with SCHD and DGRO. SPYD is in a world all by itself. But anyway, we'll finish off with the last one. There was no way I was going to make an entire list of ETFs and not include this ETF. There was no way. And that ETF is VOO, Vanguard's S&P 500 ETF. I know a lot of y'all be like, what do you mean? This is not good for dividends. For me, it's not just about the dividends. Like I said earlier, I want growth just as much as I want dividends. VOO is Vanguard's S&P 500 ETF. S&P 500 has the 500 largest companies in the United States. It's expense ratio is the lowest one out of the entire bunch, which is 0.03%, which is amazing. And also, of course, you can't compare it against itself. This is, <laughs> this is, if we look at the year returns, if you had invested one year ago, you would have a 68% return. If you had invested three years ago, you would have 15% annualized return. Five years ago, 16% annualized return, which is not bad at all. If you invested in the S&P 500, And you got money in there, you've had money for a while in there, you know you're doing pretty good. As far as the dividend payout ratio, I mean dividend yield, it is 1.13%. So it's the lowest of the bunch. However, I think everybody should have the S&P 500 as the backbone of their portfolio. If you have nothing else in your portfolio except for the S&P 500, you're going to do well over the long run. Right now, it has about 511 companies in the waiting. Of course, you guys know it has companies that I love like Apple, Microsoft, Tesla, Google, Amazon, Johnson & Johnson, and the list goes on and on and on and on. But anyway, those are my top five ETFs. Those are my top five dividend paying ETFs. I don't own all of them, but I did research and I found these to be the best ones. The ones that I own is SCHD. I told y'all already, SCHD is literally my go-to. If we compare SCHD again to the S&P 500, if we look at over the past five years, you see that SCHD is actually the only one that has competed very well with the S&P 500. And so I really like SCHD personally as the one that I do every single month. Like I put some kind of amount of money into it every single month. But There are two that I could not live off this list, and these are two ETFs that I do not like, and I want everybody maybe to avoid, if you want to avoid them. One is VNQ. Everybody loves VNQ when they talk about the Vanguard Real Estate ETF. It's good as far as tracking REITs, Real Estate Investment Trust. It's wonderful for that, but I personally don't like it because one, the expense ratio is 0.12%, and then when you look at the return, the return has been trash. I mean, of course, it's it's tracking real estate investment trust. They don't have a lot of growth because they're more focused on paying out dividends and paying out dividends to their shareholders. And so when you look at growth over the years, it's literally the a wide gap between the two. But if you want real estate exposure without actually owning real estate, this is a good way to do that. It's just to do dollar cost averaging into this VNQ, which is Vanguard's Real Estate Investment Trust ETF. The other one that I wouldn't even tell anybody to do, actually, nobody, absolutely nobody should be using this ETF, which is SPHD Invesco's S&P 500 High Dividend Low Volatility ETF. This thing failed during the pandemic. Then again, you know, it's a pandemic. Nobody could expect it. It was not that much of a low volatility. But then again, this is also key. The reason why I don't like it, this low volatility number or this low volatility word basically means that you ain't going to get no high returns because you need some volatility for you to get higher returns. And once you cap out the volatility, it means you ain't getting that much of a high return. So if we look at the, and then the other thing I don't like about this one is the expense ratio, which is 0.30%. 0.30! That's so expensive compared to all the other ones. That's another reason I don't like it. So if we compare this one to VOO to see how it has performed throughout the years, we can see down here against the S&P 500, this thing has just gotten, I mean, it's doing well recently, but it has gotten just beat down. Like it's just not a real competition between the two. That's a massive, massive gap. If you had invested this one five years ago, you would have half the amount of returns that you would have had with VOO. But then again, this is for a different reason. You invest in this one if you're at the point where you're about to retire and all you care about is getting those dividends. But anybody that's around my age, I'm 26, by the way, anybody that's around my age, forget this do not do this one and then the last thing I want to leave you' all with is reinvest your dividends reinvest your dividends I want to share this chart with you if you reinvested your dividends in the last 10 years I just want to share this chart with you look at the returns you could have with dividends reinvested versus not reinvested that's over 300 percent return in other words that's that can be like over a hundred thousand dollars if not more. Actually, there's way more than that. It's way more than that. That's if you reinvested your dividends. If you chose to reinvest your dividend, this is how much you could have. So please, please, please reinvest your dividends. If we look at Coca-Cola, when you see dividends reinvested versus dividends not reinvested. If you're young and you don't need the money, because most of us, when you're getting paid this dividends, it's not going to be like life-changing amounts of money anyway. So you should set up dividend reinvesting drip dividend reinvesting plan on whatever brokerage that you have to just automatically reinvest those dividends right back into the etf that you have so that way you're not getting that money and putting it in your bank account reinvest those dividends so you can get some of these massive massive returns over the years all right But anyway, that's all I got for y'all. I hope y'all learned one, maybe two things out of this entire thing. And if you did, hit that like button. If you loved it, hit that subscribe button. But I'm going to catch y'all up on the next one. Remember, generosity is always greater than greed. God bless each and every single one of y'all. And I'm out. Peace. Whoosh.